sometimes challenge a few folk on, on blogs around this, mm. is when someone says I'm being agile, the question I ask is what agile are you being? Or what agile are you talking about? I've seen you ask that question. <laughs> because, because if someone says I'm, I'm, I'm being agile and I'm doing this, that and the other, I'm saying, are you talking about software development? Yeah, okay, that's fine. Okay, so we know this. And so, for example, then you, see, you can then go off and talk about scrums and goodness knows what else. If someone says, well, actually, I'm talking about how we do in the project, and then someone says, ah, oh, and then they start talking scrum language. Um, well, that's not right, because one is, one is a software development approach, and the other one is a project management approach, and they're not the same thing. Hi, and welcome to the Sunday Lunch Project Manager podcast for Sunday, the 20th of November, 2022. This is your host, Nigel Creaser. And today I've got the second part of my interview with Adrian Pine, the Agile Beyond IT guy. It it piqued my interest, this, uh, the title of your book, Beyond IT, for a number of reasons. Um, It was one from the point of view of thinking of it um as in infrastructure projects that was where my first brain went yeah building a building a, a bridge building a, a a thing i'm thinking how agile can you be in something like that and then and then obviously you just said there about projects that aren't developing software and and everything's becoming projectized and it's um it the thing that it took me a long time to get this agile thing. Um, still not convinced. I'm I, I'm completely understanding of everything yet, but I may be not alone. Um, but it it kind of looked at it, and I, and I look at my say, and it can, it can be an IT program, it can be anything. But you've got the the and you've used the word, so I'll use it. It's a waterfall. Um, so in we've got a, a project where we've got to deliver something. And it's the, the thing that find I struggle with sometimes is that we've got something to be delivered here. Uh, it has to be delivered here. Uh, we don't want any bits early. We just want something delivered here. Um, and to traditionally, you'd go, right, let's say it's a building. You're going to write, decide what you want, design it, fabricate it, build it, do QA, QA maybe for whatever reason, getting signed and off and it's gone live. Um, but but then I look at actually what you do when you think about building something like that. Well, you you put your footings in, and someone checks the footings are okay, don't they? And then you build the walls, and someone checks the walls are okay. Maybe not in a formal, but an informal manner. Then you do the electrics. You have a professional who does the electrics check, and you have the plug, and you and you have these little iterative bits that gets signed off potentially through the, the construction of a building. And if it's a bridge, or you'll have phases in there that sit within a maybe a development phase. You may have designed it in that waterfall fashion, but in your design, 
when you've got, an, and I'll take an architect, you've got an architect working with the client, coming up with a design team, thinking of 15 different, well, what about using this material for this roof? Well, we don't know whether that'll work. Let's, pro let's prove it, let's do a proof of concept. Oh, that doesn't work. And again, you're starting, to, you're in that agile capability and it's agility within, you can be absolutely agile in a waterfall-like delivery. It's, it's what, you, and I always saw it as this iterative approach in all of those sections. And that's where I, I was coming from originally and trying to think what, what was new about it. And I couldn't quite square it out with, in my mind. There's, there's a bit of a risk there. And unfortunately, it's a trap that lots fall into. Hmm. Uh, I'm not saying you have, but it is a trap lots fall into. Um, and the agility is not defined by an iterative life cycle. Um, yeah. In fact, the Agile Manifesto, the Agile Principles, don't mention the word iteration. They merely say you should deliver value regularly, deliver stuff regularly to the client, uh, which may imply iteration. It doesn't have to. And it's one of the biggest problems that when people are trying to apply agility to, a, to running a project, because most agile software development approaches are based on an iterative cycle like Scrum uh, with its yeah. repeated sprints, uh, there is a, an assumption made that you have to have an iterative life cycle if you're going to do a project in an agile way. That doesn't even make sense to me because if you then turn that on its head, what that means is that the only time you can do a project with agility is if it requires uh, and should have an iterative life cycle. No other projects can possibly be done agile. And that, that doesn't even make sense, as well as I can point physically to dozens of projects and programs that have waterfall life cycles, mixtures, especially in programs. Uh, I've run goodness knows how many programs or set them up where a program has got number of projects in it. Some of those projects are doing waterfall life cycles. Some of them are doing iterative life cycles. It's whatever is necessary to the project. And it comes back to the point I, you know, again, the reason I read, read the book, because there's an awful lot more to project management than a life cycle. So there's, there's, there's risks, there's issues, there's, there's finance, there's document control, there's leadership, there's stakeholder management, communication, uh, change control, da 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 da. There's an, awful lot more to project management than a life cycle. So to define agility and agile project management in terms of a life cycle and worse to then say you can only have an agile project if you've got an iterative life cycle. I, I won't use the B word, but it's really stupid. Um, uh, but it's, it's a mistake a lot of people make and a lot of proselytizing agilists say, no, 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 an agile project has to have um, a, an iterative life cycle. And they don't question that. And 
you know, it's they may they may as well say the Earth is flat. Well, you can say it, but it's really easy to prove it isn't true. Yeah, just let can we drill down on that just to give my sure. uh, brain a thing. So, where you say an an agile piece of work doesn't need to be iterative. Um, it because when I think it, maybe I'm using the wrong words with iterative, but when I think of that, I think of you will build something and you'll release it, you'll build something, you'll release it, and that's what that, that delivering that early value is. It sounds like from what we just said there that that's different in the concept that it, that you the way you think you're talking about it, in the fact that it's, um. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't know how to put it into words. It's kind of how, how, how do you how do you explain that non-iterative agile delivery? Give it an example, say, sort of that, to kind of bring it. Let, like. me give, let me give an, let me give an example. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, I was asked to uh, to help set up a uh, and get going uh, a, a, one of the biggest programs, uh, change programs, uh, one of our supermarkets had ever done, um, and uh, they were. I've got to say their senior management were amazing. They said, look, this, this may be the biggest single change program we've ever done, but we're going to empower it. We want the whole thing managed in an agile way, and we're going to empower you to do so. Um, this particular supermarket, they actually had a pretty mature and effective project manage internal project management capability. So they had some great mm -hmm. professionals already uh, who are very, very used to their very, you know, uh, in terms of capable, you know, management uh, capability, management maturity model, they were they were easily sort of level level three and a half, almost level four in most in most in most areas of their project management capability. And really good at projects. And they said, no, we're going to do this one agile. And they really did the empowerment stuff. So this program uh, and it had, and it had um, uh, the one of the two biggest projects in it uh, was a was a, a agile software uh, development project, um, and that was done using Scrum. And in point of fact, we defined three Scrum teams working in parallel to scale uh, the level of development required in the time that the company wanted it done. So we had three Scrum teams. Uh, and that was quite interesting um, backlog uh, prioritization and management, I can tell you. Yeah. Um, so that was that was fun. So that was definitely with a, with an iterative uh, um, uh, life cycles in those because they were, were using scrums and sprints. Yeah. Then there was uh, an engineering piece that was that was uh, modifying some bought-in kit off off the shelf kit, um, and that was done waterfall to do that. We come out to the software bit for the moment. Because we had to scale this up, and there were going to be, we, we planned for three phases of uh, uh, implementation, uh, or three phases of development leading to uh, um, uh, three, three separate uh, implementations staggered about uh, yeah. three months apart. And, but that meant that we were not going live with any software for the, well, the first one was six months. So we were doing uh, a sprint and we had working software tested and then it was basically banked. And then yeah. the next one, and the next one, and the next one. 
bank all that software, none of it going live. Uh, of course, because of the, the scale of what we were doing, there was a lot of integration testing to do, system testing to do and stuff, which again, an awful lot of people, when they get hooked on, I'm producing working software out of my scrums, completely forget that usually, especially in biggish organizations, it's got to go into some kind of release testing before, you know, um, yeah. not many or not many scrum teams have the luxury of producing working software that then immediately goes live without any other intervention. That's that just doesn't happen very often. Um, yeah. So, you know, other, so, you know it's, what they're coming up with is actually working software, not live software. That's different. Yeah, um, and that's what we did. We banked this stuff. So for six months, we did not have anything live until we were ready to go with the first implementation. That was and that was it. So you know, so we're still working on on iterative stuff. Um, and fortunately, it was done very well by really capable people. Uh, so we didn't have much rework when it went off into you know, uh, integration testing, release testing, and all of those other fine things. We didn't have much stuff thrown back over the wall saying, no, you need to make these changes, otherwise it's gonna cause problems in live operation because it'll interfere with this this stuff over here and stuff. And, uh, and, and which was which was good, I'm, I'm pleased to say. Um, but so it wasn't, it wasn't a, a pure iterative thing. We had to, if you like, be agile and adapt how, how, we, yeah. uh, how we used scrums in order to actually say, what's the best way to go live uh, and stuff. And there was no, I mean, there was an initial thing that says, are we going to use Waterfall to get to our first six months? And we and we just turned and said, no, we, we actually want to, to have the confidence of having modules of software that we know are tested and functionally do and perform as they're supposed to. Um, and that was, that was a big, big confidence boost that we had these things that, that we knew would work when they when they went when they went live if they didn't interfere with something else uh, and that was brilliant and that was absolutely appropriate to use that as, a, as opposed to, uh, to, uh, to waterfall um, but uh, yeah. it was if a kind of waterfall because we just banked all of that lot until we were ready to go live and then we went live with the whole lot so. yeah that makes sense because I, I can see and I've I've tried to do things like this and kind of been challenged both in my own head and by other people where I've kind of gone. We, we were doing um, some testing one time where it was um, uh, app, app application virtualization um, and we were testing stuff and it was we were having to test it, remediate it, put it out. And, and the way I put it in was we didn't know which ones didn't work. So we didn't know which ones needed remediation. So we had to go through the processes of working out which ones did, and then they'd go into the backlog for the ones that were going to be remediated, then they go to remediation, then we'd have to work out what remediation was needed. And but then but you had you had the phases of right, this batch we're going to drop into the um evaluation, this batch we'll get into the working out what we're going to do to do it, then get them resolved, then bring it into the testing. And and very similar to what you said there was we I, I I kind of controlled them in a similar manner, but I was kind of challenged back a couple of times with going, that's not agile or that's not waterfall. It's neat. And I had that endemic issue and I don't know how you get that. I've, I've, I've had quite a lengthy conversation with someone saying, but 
when will the stuff in the sprint be finished? And it's kind of like, sorry, when when will the sprint finish? And it's kind of like, on that date. Yeah, but when will it finish? Well, on that date. And it kind of had quite quite an obvious conversation that the person I was talking to didn't understand the concept of a sprint. They were asking the wrong question, and maybe I was being a little facetious. In <laughs> When will no. the content that went into that sprint be finished? Now, that, that was a different conversation. Um, but I wasn't really, I think at that time I wasn't really listening behind the question. Um, and, and, I, and I have found as a difficulty with me with, with Agile is understanding that ability to report upwards how, when we, when, when we will finish. Um, because there's a case of, we've got a number of items, we're pulling it down, how, when are you gonna get it done? And the endemic thing I see in there is sort of pictures of, of a skeleton with a project manager written, you know, waiting for someone to update the JIRA ticket kind of commentaries and things like that which I, I i have some empathy with and i have empathy both sides because if i didn't have to and it's the usual conversation with anyone if i didn't spend all my time updating the the reporting system i'd be able to get on and do the job but by the same virtue yeah. if, you, if you complete the job and don't report it as completed no one knows it's completed therefore it can't be used it's pointless doing it so it's kind of it's, it's that's, but i think that's an endemic issue isn't it i i know a software company that's uh actually one of the founders is a, is a, is a very long time friend and client, uh, client of mine. In fact, I've just written a short article that's going to appear, I think, in November edition of HR Director magazine. Um, but they, you know, it's, it's more about how the organization works and and how they've dealt with uh, remote working and uh, as being a, being a virtual yeah. organization and being agile. And they use uh, JIRA. Um, as well as various other bits of software, but they use Jira uh, for their development work. Um, but they've kind of got to a point where they're quite slick at using it. And they use yeah. it as, because obviously everyone's been working at home. I mean, for the point of fact, they've been a virtual organization since they since they really started about six years ago. Uh, people do come in for major design meetings and, and stuff, but otherwise most people work from home. And uh, so how do you how do you performance manage people who are working from home? And the simple answer, you know, well, it's not quite it's not just relying on the tool, but the JIRA tool was at the heart of that because um, uh, it, it provides visibly and non intrusively uh, you you've got a really, really good picture of how individuals are doing with the work that's allocated to them or the work that if they're grabbing in, in many cases, they're saying, I've done yeah. this, it's tested, it's ready to it's ready to go, and I'm grabbing this other bit now and I should get on with this. Um, so and they use that and they use that as part and parcel of, of the as how they trust their people to work at home because everyone's got fantastic visibility of, uh, of, of progress uh, and stuff. But I know in other organizations it's the way it's implemented, it it can seem a bit top yeah. heavy. So yeah, I've heard what what you relate to me i've seen again and again and again so you know it's it's it's, yeah. it's never an easy simple solution but that's one company that at least at the scale they are at the moment they've cracked it if, if they if they get 10 times bigger we'll see you know i hope they do yeah i suppose i i, I suppose it where people have come from as well is that if you've got organizations where from day one that's the way things are done then immediately 
that that just becomes part of that. And if if you're part of a team who is in a scrum team, say for example, and you're the one that never updates the Jira tickets and everyone else does, mm -hmm. the rest of the team are going to start quite quickly getting, coming down on you, aren't they? It's and I suppose it's that thing, isn't it, of having if you're doing it, you've got enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, you won't. No. Yes, but but if there's no consequences, then then it, it it's another thing you can avoid because you can get on and do some other stuff. I suppose, it's um, it's an interest. The problem with agil agile and agility is it's such a huge can of worms. I think in in and uh, it, we can talk about because the, the things that come to my mind is around scaling it and because that's my next uh, one of my next areas of study for my own personal uh, training is kind of like how as most of my work I do is, is program and portfolio management and being able to to understand the scaling of agile deliveries or agility delivery in in an agile with, delivering with agility there I'm trying to get my words right yeah delivering with agility within a team um, but being able to to manage that organizational need to understand when are we going to get what we need? When are we going to get our benefits and have that forward view? Because sometimes they, they 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 crash gears, don't they, on the fact that having that predictability of when you're going to get it that in quotes you got with a waterfall model in that you spent two years planning it and then you you know that in six months you'll get it. But quite often the plans you know the final plan the day before it goes live really because there's things moving around so it's, there was kind of, but there was kind of it's like a little comfort blanket wasn't it where you've got milestones that you're trying to aim and you can put a rag status on them whereas mm. sometimes with the agility kind of approaches you don't have that visibility of always yeah. that them things come out but then I suppose when you talked about your um your one way you say, well, we're going to release this soft. We're going to have this so software built and parked here, built and parked here. It's 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 how you. It's, it's I think it's, you said before about the just enough stuff, where it's mm. kind of people go, when do you think you'll get it done by? Well, I don't know. It's agile. <laughs> it's kind of a response sometimes. I think another thing that helps helps me is. And it's, I have sometimes challenged a few folk on, on blogs around this, mm. is when someone says I'm being agile, the question I ask is what agile are you being or what agile are you talking about? I've seen you ask that question. Because, <laughs> because if someone says I'm, I'm, I'm being agile and I'm doing this, that and the other, I'm saying are you talking about software development? Yeah, okay, that's fine. Okay, so we know this. And so, for example, then you, so you can then go off and talk about scrums and goodness knows what else. If someone says, well, actually, I'm talking about how we do in the project. And then someone says, ah, and then they start talking scrum language. Um, well, that's not right, because one is one is a software development approach and the other one is a project management approach. And they're not the same thing. Uh, a, yeah. a simile I've sometimes used is uh, bananas and oranges are both fruit. So if you like, bananas and oranges are both agile, but they look and taste completely different. Um, and I've got a mate of mine who's um, uh, allergic to anything citrus. So if I say to him, 
oh, can I get you some fruit? And he'll say, yeah, uh, but don't get me anything citrus. Yeah. So, whereas if he just, if I say, I'm going to get some fruit and I give him some fruit and it's an orange, then that's going to make him ill. So you've got to, you, I, I've, I've found it helpful myself to think about and to advise other people to think about when they're saying, I want to talk about Agile, what Agile are they talking about? And this only tends to be a problem when people are conflating software development agility and project management agility. I've talked to loads of people in other areas where agility is being used in marketing and engineering and product development and construction, finance, and they don't have this confusion. But because, of course, so much IT development has been done within the wrap of a project or program for yeah. decades. The two seem intimately linked in the minds of people, and it can be difficult. But if folk can actually separate out, and they say, well, what agile am I talking about? I'm talking about software development. That helps people separate in their mind, and they're not gonna, they're not gonna then sort of confuse it. And, and, ex and, and one reason why that's important is around my other big soapbox thing, which is when people have written for years that Scrum is project management, and it isn't. And it's a really simple way to demonstrate and prove that it not just isn't, but it can't be. Yeah. Where's the risk and management? Where's is, the scope uh, management? Again, I've got a diagram in the book about that. And it shows, and it shows a typical Scrum diagram. And then I stick it in the context of, of any old project. And there's so much more that a project will do, even if it's an IT-enabled project. It's not just producing software. What are you going to do with, the pro with that software? Who's going to use it? Do they need training? Uh, you might even need to build an entire new computer center or this, that, and the other. So there's all sorts of stuff yeah. that an organization has to do to be able to use the software that's being produced. And the project does all that stuff as well. Uh, gets all that stuff ready as well. So Scrum doesn't say anything about that. Scrum doesn't say anything about business cases uh, or anything like that. So the only way to make agile software development methods look like project management is to make them look like project management and add in all the stuff that they're missing. But you, you come across he, the, the, the artworks of Heath Robinson, who produced drawings of yeah. amazing machines to peel potatoes and highly complex things. Scrum made into project management is a Heath Robinson drawing. It, yeah. It's just weird and wonderful, and it might work, but it's, it'll work pretty terribly. Uh, and why would you? Why? When, when you've already got, oh, look, Blue Peter like, here's here's a project management approach. All we actually, if you want to do it agile, it's far easier to say, well, what does risk management look when it's done in an agile way? What does what does scheduling look when it's done in an agile way? What does leadership uh, look like when it's done in an agile way? Etc. So that's much easier to do. And yeah, that's what this does. Like it's, it, that really, <laughs> yeah, that really, uh, that's, it's kind of, that really, that's, that's really, because it's really good, because we're kind of, I'm my, it's formulating in my head 
now where what you're talking about there. and it's something that i've again it's kind of one of those things that's sat square with me because people go we're an agile project organization we're delivering it uh, things agile as project and as you say it's not isn't what you need what they're saying is we're doing the engineering part of this project using agile or with agility or using bit, scrum yeah, yeah. Uh, or, and even the test bit as well to some extent oh, they yeah. might yeah. Do you know I mean? yeah it's the it's the it's the doing not the organizing and the managing that's being done but then again seeing that point that you just said there is you can use those methods of agility and that approach of agility for the planning for the risk management because yeah it's kind of yeah i can i can see you could sit a, a wrapper around there risk management is a great one there for i think that you sit your wrapper around there and just go right okay how are we going to manage risk right here's the here's our list of assumptions that we've got on our backlog great so what tasks are we going to break that you and you know i mean you could use scrum to do risk mediation but that's a way of doing it or you could use one of the complicated risk management toolings that you get out there you could be sitting there with the lovely agile poker cards that i've got sat on here to decide on how complex a risk might be but it's all using the the same tools and approaches but not fixating on it being agile it's fixating Mm. on what's the outcome that you want out of it so again, so that's what I've, I've, I've tried to do for a few years now. I've tried to say, yeah. first of all, think about what you mean by when you're saying I'm being agile. And if you're talking about software development, that's fine. There's loads of amazing stuff, wonderful stuff that's had 20 odd years to describe and evolve what different kinds of or adaptations of agile uh, software development looks like. And that's just brilliant. But then if you're saying, well, actually, I want to do project management agility, right, forget the software development bit, forget whatever development approach you are doing, and just think about the components of project management and what they look like when you apply the principles uh, and the values in the Agile Manifesto to them. And I can give you an example around leadership that I use in the book and I've described many, many times on courses or presentations and stuff. And there's two things here. First of all, professional, great management professionals might usually have a particular management uh, leadership style. Um, but great professionals adapt their style to the needs of the project of the organization of the moment. That's what professionals do. That is agility. But if someone says, well, okay, but generically, what does what's an, what's an agile leader look like? I'll say things, uh, I'll give it a, perhaps a different uh, a, a slant on it. Now, for many years as a project professional, I was a control freak and I got so stressed in so many years because I had to keep my finger on not just my pulse but everyone else's. I had to be in absolute control. Uh, and then something called blood pressure came along and I thought there's got to be a better way uh, so that I don't die. Um, and uh, so so I started thinking well if, if, if I've got a team who are the right people to do say this work package 
and um, and they know how much time they've got, and they've and they know the budget, the bit of the budget they're working within, and they know what they've got to produce. Why don't I let them get on with it and just look over their shoulder, yeah. as opposed to being sitting in their laps all the time? And I liken it to a parent teaching their kid to ride a bike, and there comes that moment the stabilizers are off, and there comes that moment when the parent takes their hand off the back of the saddle or off the back of the child and the child goes a little bit wobbly and then as they go a bit further they go a bit further they're getting more stable they're getting more confident and they're cycling away on, on the on the two wheels and that's great but what's the parent doing the parent is not having let go and then stood still watching their child wobble or fall over or go to a honey bush or a dog or another child they're kind of trotting along behind, keeping enough in touch so that they either intervene if they get a shout of mummy or daddy, or they think, ah, there's a dog. I need to, boom, I need to just sort of whoop, help, step in and help. That, I, I love that notion of agile leadership. It's a lead. It's, yeah. it, it's it's what I call hands-off leadership. It's not really. It's not letting the kid go away on the bike and you know standing still and never doing anything and not being in a place where they they can help. It's keeping in touch. But otherwise, if things are going fine, you don't need to intervene. Yeah, that to me, and, fabulous. And, and I think it's sense? really good. Yeah, yeah, really good. And I think the thing to build on that a little bit is at times you, as a manager and a leader, you let go a little too far and oh, yeah. they'll fall over and graze their knee kind of thing, same as with the kid. But that's, and and that'll be a reflection of how far you step back and also maybe the amount of um, uh, coaching and training that the team need in order to avoid those things. And sometimes it's just, bad luck and that's it and we've all got to learn a lesson sometime isn't it so I can, yeah I, 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 I do also, like that analogy absolutely but what it also says is you know uh, leading a project is not just about the leadership style and the level of engagement but it's then also around uh, shall we say the process side of things how are you actually measuring progress so yeah. that hopefully you know you'll get the feedback that enables you to say ah oh, I've actually, I'm actually getting a bit too far away from this. I, I need to be closer to it because yeah. I can see things starting to go wrong. So it, it, it goes right back to the really great point and question you raised about being a bit agile. And I mm -hmm. do the same thing in, in sort of projects. Project management agility is in, in a project is, is about how you do all of the assurance. It's not just about leadership. It's not just about how you do scheduling. It's not just about how you do risk management. It's not just about how you manage stakeholders, but your agile project management approach should be holistic and then should be linked in, that's stuck inside the project and then should be linked into uh, what's happening outside. And that's where an organization needs to be prepared to modify its normal governance to support agile working and um, an APM um, I, I was uh, lucky to work with some great people on producing a short guide to I think it's called directing agile change which is a, 
uh, an APM uh, uh, guide to um, uh, uh, um, agile governance uh, yeah. and everything, uh, uh, which, which I think is quite, quite a good little, good little beast. Brilliant. I'm just scribbling now. You shouldn't be talking about other people's books. But, uh, and, and going oh, back no, to well, your... it's fine. I mean, I was, I was co-author co of that and also the Agile Assurance uh, a short guide as, 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 as well. So I'm just thinking we've, we've been... I knew we'd talk for a while on this. We've been we're, on we're, for a whole time, yes. Yeah, a good while. And, and I don't think we've scratched the surface yet, have we? <laughs> in real terms um and there's a lot in the book yeah i was gonna Did say from from a point yeah you've mentioned the book i'll I, and i'll mention it myself as well and um i've done my usual thing i've started having a skim read of bits of it start having to get a feel for it um as i always do with all of my it, it, interviewees I, I say that i like to be dumb when i'm asking the questions on the interviews and in some ways it's true, but in some ways it's just a little bit lack of prioritization and time. But uh, if there was... Oh, I love uh, the naive question. It's really powerful. I, I, I hope, I, and again, that's what I try to do. It, it, it means I have to do less work and I can be naive and hopefully it'll do there. So that's, uh, I'm sticking with it. Um, <laughs> if people want, um, if, if people aren't convinced about uh, understanding and thinking about why they should grab a copy of the book, um, what what would you what would your two second pitch for it to be? And I'll give you that chance to do that. And and maybe if there's one section in it, if they decided right, I only want to read one bit of it. Which bit would you recommend reading? Oh, uh, probably the early chapters that set the scene and explain um, uh, the context really, and and the point and what's and the difference. Um, yeah. Um, about uh, project management agility. The other thing I'd point people to is uh, I've, I've got on LinkedIn something called the Agile Beyond IT newsletter. So there's some nice bite-sized articles in there um, that um, uh, take a lot of the themes uh, that are in, in the book. So if people you know want to have some tasters, uh, then take a look at those uh, look at those articles. Yeah. Cool. I'll I'll make sure there's a link. Thank you very much. Show notes. Brilliant. And like if people wanted to get in touch with you, have a conversation, what's the best place for them to get hold of you? I think if they do it via um, via LinkedIn, um, um, the, the, my contact details uh, are there. I'm very happy to engage. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Adrian, it's been a fascinating and passionate talk, as I knew it would be. <laughs> and it, well, it's, thank you, um, yeah. Have a, I hope you have a fa fantastic rest of your evening. Thank you very much indeed. Likewise, and uh, yeah, you know, Oswestry is a fabulous place. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yes, everybody visit Oswestry. I don't get any commission <laughs> for Oswestry. <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. Take care. Thank you very much once I again. Will. And you bye. bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Adrian. Um, some thought-provoking stuff there around uh, uh, how we 
think about agility and uh, agility within our businesses and not just um, the capital A, Agile. Uh, grab his book, it's out now, Agile Beyond IT. Uh, you can get a copy in the show notes or jump along to the website, www.nigelcreaser.com slash shop. Um, next week, I've got uh, Jude Jennison on the uh, show and we're talking to her about how she's using horses to help people uh, improve uh, their teams, their management and their leadership. Uh, it's a fascinating conversation, so um, looking forward to sharing that one with you. So have a great week and speak soon. Bye. Wow, you made it this far. I'm guessing that you enjoyed the show if you have, or maybe you've just left it playing in the background and forgot it was on. But if you did enjoy it and uh, you're inclined to, I'd be delighted if you could share your, the show with your colleagues. Uh, it's a discoverability with podcasts is quite difficult, especially with a niche one like this. But sharing with your colleagues and letting them have a chance to listen to these fantastic guests would be brilliant. If you've got time, a review on whatever platform you uh, listen to it on uh, would be great too, especially if it's a five-star one. Again, that makes it easier for people to discover the show when they're searching on there because the comments uh, raise it up the old search engine ops and optimization on all the different tools if you are feeling flush i have a couple of ways you could uh, contribute one is patreon uh, patreon slash sunday lunch pm and you can uh, uh, donate some money to the to the podcast that way uh, or you can jump along to my my um website nigelcreaser.com www.nigelcreaser.com and click on the link to the shop and in there you've got all my books that i've created uh, in the varying different guises a number of different ways you can grab a copy of those and down the bottom i've got the uh, well, my guests books so everyone who's been on here if they've had a book i've got a link to their their uh, their book in there and amazon give me a little bit back for when someone buys from them but uh, more importantly uh, if you come back next time and listen, um, I'll be delighted. So I'll leave you alone and let you get on with your day now. Thank you. Bye.